Today's daf, daf nun heim and aleph. The Gemara talks about <coughs> Betzalel and Moshe Rabbeinu. So the Gemara discusses how Betzalel received his name Betzalel. Betzalel means Betzel Kel in the shadow of Hashem. So the Gemara says that the story was that HaKadosh Baruch Hu told Moshe to instruct Betzalel to build the Mishkan, the Aron, and then the Kalim in, the, in that specific sequence. However, Moshe Rabbeinu went, and when he actually instructed Betzalel how to build the Mishkan, he told him first to have the Aron, and only afterwards to have the Mishkan. So Betzalel hears this, that he's supposed to build the Aron before the Mishkan, and Betzalel says, you know, Moshe Rabbeinu, maybe you misheard what HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, because is that the way the world is? Is there anybody who uh, first builds the furniture for their house and only then builds the house? And Betzalel said, on a practical level, how am I supposed to do this? If I'm going to... Um, build the Aron first, where am I going to keep it the entire time that I have uh, until, I, until I have the Mishkan ready? So it must be Moshe Rabbeinu. Perhaps you misheard. Perhaps you mistook what HaKadosh Baruch Hu said. You made a mistake. And really HaKadosh Baruch Hu told you to build the Mishkan first. So Moshe Rabbeinu said to this response, he says, Shema B'tzel Kel Hayisa. Perhaps you were in the shadow of Hashem. You were in the shadow of Hashem and, you, and, 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 and that's why you know what, exactly what Hashem said, even though I had told you the other way. So it seems that the simple understanding here in the Gemara is that Moshe Rabbeinu simply made a bad mistake. Um, he mistook the, the, what, exactly what Hashem said. Hashem really said to build the Mishkan, to build the Mishkan and only then to build the Aaron. Moshe Rabbeinu makes a big mistake. He instructs uh, Betzal to, tell, to, to build the Aaron first. Betzal tells Moshe Rabbeinu it doesn't make sense. And then everything corrects itself, and eventually we get the correct instruction, which was to build the uh, Mishkan first. However, although that's the simple level of the Gemara, there are two very, very uh, big problems with the simple interpretation. Problem number one is, you know, how can Moshe Rabbeinu make such a mistake? How, how could it be? How could it be that such a mistake can be made? And the second question is, Teisus asks, that if you actually look at the Torah, our, our Parsha, Parsha's Truma, you see that if you the first thing that Moshe Rabbeinu was told by Hashem was to build the Aaron. So here the Gemara is, is busy telling us that Moshe Rabbeinu was really told to build the Mishkan first, and that Joseph, Moshe made a mistake, it seems. And when he told Betzal, he told him to reverse the order, and Betzal had to correct Moshe Rabbeinu. But if you open up the Torah and you look at the simple shot, you see clearly that Moshe was instructed to build the Aron first. So how can we reconcile the simple text of the Pesukim, which indicate that it was to build the Aron first, with our Gemara, which seems to indicate that HaKadosh Baruch Hu really told Moshe to build the Mishkan first, and just that Moshe erred. So Tosus gives an answer, but it's, it's, it's difficult to understand how Tosus does justice to the question with what he writes. So perhaps this is a, a bit of a license to suggest another idea. And the other idea is that we have times in the Torah where HaKadosh Baruch Hu speaks on two levels. There's a level of the ideal and there's a level of practicality. There's ideal and there's pragmatic. So for example, many times within creation of um, in the Sheshish Minamaisa, the way that things were supposed to be, not everything worked, not everything was perfect. You know, like one of the examples um, is that the, the fruit trees were supposed to come out and the bark was supposed to taste as, as beautiful and sweet as the fruit itself. But, you know, the fruit trees didn't listen. It says, oh, it's pretty oseperi, that they were supposed to taste as good as their fruit, but they didn't listen because they said, you know, if ever our, our bark is going to taste good, then everybody's just going to cut us down. Everybody cuts us down, we're not going to be able to produce our fruit. So they didn't listen to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And such a concept is described by Rav Cook and others that HaKadosh Baruch understood from the outset that the practical world wasn't necessarily going to be able to conform to every wish and desire 
that he had for the Bria to be. But our Kaddish Baruch Hu didn't want it to be lost on us that sometimes when we have practical things, we still have to acknowledge that that's not the ideal and that it's off from the ideal. And that the ideal world would be that the tree would taste as good as the fruit. But in the pragmatic world that we live in, um, we can't live like that and the fruit only tastes good and the bark tastes brittle. And that, you know, just for a level represents that the, the process really should be as sweet as the results and the fruits themselves at the end. But uh, practically, we need comp- competitive nature. We need uh, capitalism. Everything has to be based upon fruit. Everything based on, has to be based upon what we celebrate in the sweetness of the product and not in the process itself. But Akhalish Baruch says, don't forget, really there's an ideal way that the world should be where uh, actually the process and the wood itself would taste just as good as uh, would taste just as good as the fruit. So that's just like one example where Akhalish Baruch intended for something in the Bria to be ideally, but the way it actually is in reality is in a different way. So I was wondering if perhaps that's kind of, we can bring that theme over here as well. You know, it's really the question of what should be created first. Is it the, is it the Arum that's created first? Is it the Mishkan that's created first? I mean, it seems like the Tzal is just making the simplest of all arguments. If I make the Arum first, where am I going to store the Arum uh, until I have the Mishkan built? And that's, you know, obviously an amazing practical point. But perhaps it's exactly the point. The point is that the argument is practical. Betzal is making a practical point. If I have an Aron and I have no place to keep it, then what am I going to do with the Aron? The Aron the has no context. There's no place for it to be. So therefore, I'm stuck on a practical level. I'm going to have to build the Mishkan first. So the truth is that that's the way it had to happen. It had to happen that way because we live with practicalities. We live within the limitation of what we're able to do and what we're unable to do. But the true instruction from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, what the real message is in the fact that we're told to build our own first. Hashem knows that we can't do that, but Hashem is telling us that so that we maintain what the focus on what the ideal is. Even though the mishka, the walls, the surroundings are things that we're busy with, that's not the focus. Really the focus is the Aaron. The main point is not that we have the edifice. The main point is not the way the curtains are going to look. The main point is not about the crushing. The main point is the fact that we have the centrality of Judaism that's based upon Torah, that's based upon our connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and that's all inside the Aaron. The Shiv Luchos for Shiv Luchos, Menachem Ba'aron. That's it. All of our connection is right there. So Hashem starts off with the Aaron because that's the main point. That's why we're doing this whole thing. We only have a Mishkan to get to the Aaron. So we start with the Aaron because that's where the ideals lie. So, you know, we have Chazal. I'll say we say this in Lachadodi, you start out, you have to have the goal. What are we doing this all for? Why are we building the Mishkan? We're not building the Mishkan to have a Mishkan. We're building a Mishkan so that we can have an amazing Aaron inside to be thriving and connecting together with the Aaron. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, build the Aaron first. Not because on a practical level it was supposed to be done that way, but Hashem is doing that to remind us that's why we're doing it. That's why we're in this all this far. So when Moshe Rabbeinu hears that, that was the message that he heard. And he totally heard that. But the question was, where do we balance the ideal and the pragmatic? So Moshe Rabbeinu goes ahead with that message and he tells Betzal, yeah, so that's what you're actually going to do on a practical level. And that's where Betzal corrects him. And he says, no, it doesn't make sense because practically, even though I, I understand what you're saying, Moshe Rabbeinu, I understand that's the ideal. And I'm having that in mind when I'm going to build the Mishkan the whole time. I'm thinking about, you know, this is just in, my, so this, in order to get to the Aaron. But practically, I'm going to have to build the Mishkan first. Practically, we live more with building the Mishkan than we do with building the Aaron. But the depth of Moshe Rabbeinu's 
responds to Betzalo when he says to him, Shema Betzel Kel Hayisa. Perhaps you were in the shadow together with God. What is the shadow with God? Let's think about the concept of a shadow. A shadow is light, and light then has shadows. So shadow means it's not in the exposure to life itself, to light itself, but it's in the darkness. It's in the miyat. It's in what gets darkened specifically because there is light. And this is a very deep thing that Rav Kuch speaks about in other places, where dafka because there is light, dafka because there's such a power of something intellectually so shining and bright, Dafka, when there's such light, there are also shadows. And shadows means the limitations, understanding that because there's something bright, there's going to be limitations as well. And because there's an Aaron, we're going to believe with, pro- we're going to have to live with practical problems. That we want the Aaron, we have the problem, but we still have a shadow. We have nowhere to put the Aaron. Shema Betzel Kel Hayisa means not only do you understand God, not only do you understand the ideal, but you understand the concept of a shadow as well. You understand that every light casts a shadow, that every light comes with limitation, that every light makes problems that we have to now balance and what we're able to do in our pragmatic life. So the name Bitzel Kel is in a person who not only understands the ideal of God, but he understands the way it now focuses and shines in the world and he sees where the shadows are lurking. He understands the problems of trying to fit the ideals together with the practicality. And that was the brilliance, the depth of why Bitzel was chosen and he understood how to balance what HaKadosh Baruch Hu was saying in terms of the ideal together with what practically was taking place. So if we think about it, all right, so that beautifully answers everything. The concept, what the struggle was to build the Aaron first, to build the Mishkan first. What was the, what, what did Hashem say? What did Hashem was with the correct sequence? All of this should provide a much greater depth for that. But after that is said and done, I think there's an amazing twofold message here for us. Um, first of all, just within our own bodies. So, you know, us who lean Mikdash, we know that our body is the Mikdash Ma'at. We are the smaller Mikdash. We, each one of our bodies we have, it's a micro of the entire concept of having an Aron and Luchos and a, and a Menorah and a Shulchan. Every part of our body, some way, is symbolized in the, in, in, in the, in the process of building a Mishkan. So obviously the Aron, the Aron is the holiest part of ourselves. The, our Aron is a place, our inner heart, our inner neshama, our deepest connection to Torah. That's there. That's the Aron. The Mishkan is our guf. The Mishkan is our outside. Everything that we have to do to take care of ourselves, what we're doing almost all the time is not necessarily dealing with the Aron, but we're dealing with our guf, we're dealing with our body. And the question becomes, HaKadosh Baruch Hu puts us down in the world, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, what, what, are, what are our priorities? What am I going to be dealing with most? Am I dealing with building a Mishkan, or am I dealing with building an Aron? And ideally, obviously, it's got to be the Aron. Ideally, our whole mentality is that's what we want. We want to just be busy with the Aram. We just want to be busy with building it, with connecting to it, with studying the Torah, being people of Torah. That's what we want. We want nothing more than to grow. But there's a practicality that HaKadosh Baruch Hu puts us in the world and that the Aron has nowhere to live unless we're busy with our guf, unless we understand what our guf is saying, unless we're connected to our physical side, we're connected to our desires, we're connected to our limitation, we're connected to our jobs, we're connected to what we need to do to survive in this insane world. Unless we're connected to the Mishkan, then our Aron has nowhere to be. Our true inner essence has no place to surface, has no way to maybe manifest. It can't survive in any way. That's an extremely powerful point. We start with the Aron. We want it the most, but we deal mostly with our Gof. We deal mostly with the Mishkan, and that's exactly the challenge. The challenge of life is that inside, if you ask us what we really want, what's our truest Ratzon, what's our desires, it's something completely different than what our day usually looks like. Our day usually looks like Mishkan. It's dealing with all of the Gof, all of the Chitzon, all of the outside. Whereas inside, our deepest desire, the Aron, seems so dormant it seems not only to almost not exist in, uh, to the extent that we want it to be. 
And that's the challenge, the B'Tzel Kel of understanding that the Arun is first, but somehow, ironically, it's the least part of my day. That's the balance, not neglecting the Arun, but still understanding the balance of dealing with Guf as well. So that's on one level. And the deeper part as well, when you think about um, you know, something like a shul, something like community, some, a business, you can be really any muscle for any time you're working on something, especially in a group, is that there's always a goal. There's always a reason why you're doing everything. There's gotta be a greater purpose. But at the same time, practically, what you're gonna be dealing with a lot of the time is not the beauty, it's not the purpose, it's not the sweetness that you're looking for. So you call it a shul. There's no such thing, for example, you get a shul, you're gonna get shul politics. You got a company, you're gonna have you're gonna have company politics. You're gonna have all of that. So that's all mishkan. That's all dealing with that. That's not why nobody goes into a company, they have a vision, they have a goal, what they're trying to do in the world. But in order to do that, they've gotta be dealing with so much mishkan on the outside. They have to be dealing with how they're gonna build a company and how many things to take care of in order that their vision, that their dream can actually come true. But that's not the point. Obviously the point is the Aron, but to realize that balance, that sometimes you're building the Amishkan so much more than you're actually dealing with your Aron. But the Aron's the reason why you're doing it all. And sometimes just to remind yourself in the hard times when you're building the Mishkan and it's not so amazing and you're standing trying to just build those curtains and it's not working so well because you're not inside with the Aron and you're struggling through it, to remember and think, I start with the Aaron. I start with the Aaron. There's an underlying reason behind all of this. There's a purpose, there's a dream, there's a vision. And even if that's not what I'm doing the most right now, that's not what I'm engaged in most to the fullest extent, but that's gotta be the fullest point. That's gotta be the point of it all. 